welcome. Take a seat. Welcome to Bad Movie Sunday. We've got some crackers. We got some snacks. You comfortable? Uh, you need anything? Some condoms, a snack. I already said a snack, but we can give you more. We got a, a special episode for you today uh, in store of Bad Movie Sunday. Did you wish for Bad Movie Sunday to make an episode about the hit movie starring Shaquille O'Neal? Kazam! Because your wish is granted! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are Bad Movie Sunday, and I am Ashley, one of your hosts. And I am Amy, your other host. This is a very new and interesting intro that we have today. It, it is. <laughs> I was trying to channel, like, my inner, um... I, I was trying to think of the name of a medium, and I realized I can't think of any. I was trying to channel, like, a mysterious person that was, like, beckoning you... Uh, into our stall at the fair, maybe. We have a mysterious lamp on the corner. It's like partially hidden by drapes and you spot it out of the corner of your eye and you're like, what's that? What's that? And I take it off the shelf and I'm like, I haven't shown this to anyone in 50 years. It's a magic lamp. You can make a wish and it's like this big fable. Um, that's what I was trying to channel. Something mysterious, something magical. <laughs> Like like a boombox, if you will, um, much like in this movie Kazam, as you mentioned. So <laughs> yeah, so we we got a magical episode for you all. This is of course season three, our fun season, and so we decided that we would bring on a movie that we thought. I don't think either of us have ever seen this movie before but we thought going into it that this was going to be a lot of fun it had all the elements of a fun movie it has an nba star in the title role it has wishing wishing upon boom boxes it has rap battles it's just you know all the elements are there so we thought we'd bring it on for season three and we will tell you over the course Ooh. of this podcast whether that was the right choice or not <laughs> which I think you get by our tone already. But <laughs> we'll have fun ripping it to shreds, which is what we do here on Bad Movie Sunday. We watch bad movies so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And we are going to have quite a bit of fun. So as we mentioned, today's movie is Kazam, the genie movie starring uh, NBA star Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> or... I don't know if this is a Mandela effect that has affected you. I think both of us are pretty interested in the Mandela effect as a whole. But uh, apparently, according to IMDb, some people thought that there was a movie called Shazam, not the one with Zachary Levi, but uh, a movie that came out in place of Kazam called Shazam, which starred Sinbad. And a lot of people have memories of Sinbad being in like a genie movie but i don't think he ever was so very interesting the movie's actually called kazam again shaquille o'neal is in it and if you haven't heard of this movie haven't seen it before i do have a little summary here from imdb and it says a troubled kid inadvertently releases a genie who must grant him three wishes he requests. So just like your run-of-the-mill, typical genie stuff, 
Except it's very 90s. And yes, it's very 90s. <laughs> yeah, like Amy said, I'd heard of this Mandela effect before, but because I hadn't seen this movie, it didn't, uh, you know, didn't, it didn't affect me. Uh, I had just heard of the effect before. I did, though. Um, I've probably mentioned this before, but one of my favorite movies as a kid was this cartoon pirate movie. <laughs> called Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, starring Brad Pitt, I guess. And every time I'd try to search that movie online, I'd search Sinbad, it would always come up as that stupid comedy actor who I've never seen any of his comedy. Maybe he's amazing, <laughs> but all I know is he would get in the way of my pirate movies. So I will always hold that against them. I'm coming for you. Was Brad Pitt really in that movie? Sinbad? Yeah. I found out, like, years later when I watched it behind the scenes and the, the voice actors were, like, in their booths talking. I was like, is that Brad Pitt? Now, was it really Brad Pitt or was it someone that looked a little bit like Brad Pitt? You know, I do I do have a track record here yep. on Bad Movie Sunday of not being able to recognize any actor. Um, but I did look it up and it is, in fact, Brad Pitt. Oh, my um, God. This is, like, this is like learning that Matt Damon was in that horse movie. Sp what? Spirit of the Stallion or something. What? Something, <laughs> spirits, something. I don't know, Matt Damon was in a horse movie. He played a horse. I remember my only memory of Spirit is going to one of my brother's friend's birthday parties when I was like seven or something. And uh, for some reason, or maybe, maybe it was one of my friends. Well, I went to a birthday party and they put on uh, Spirit just kind of on the in the background on the tv mm, no shade to anyone that loves the movie spirit but i got i got so bored and let me tell me why let me tell me why i already know why let me tell you why <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell myself why just kind of in self monologue mode and hopefully that'll also give you the reason why is <laughs> because this okay i grew up right on I don't know, Bugs Life and The Lion King um, and all these movies about animals, but they could talk. And then I watched Spirit, like the first 25 minutes, and it was just this horse roaming around like a meadow, not talking. And I'm like, what are you doing if you're just going to be a regular horse? What is the point of this movie if you're not going to like have a crush on another horse and go to horse school or whatever the horses that talk to. Yeah, just go watch a real horse just frolicking around in a meadow then. Yeah, what what is the point of being animated if you're just going to do what real horses do? I would watch uh, Stripes, Stripes. Uh what was that movie? Stripes. They made us watch, like, every year in elementary school about elf? a zebra. <laughs> oh. Um. Yes, Elf was one of the movies that they made us watch every Christmas, but only the first 45 minutes, um, because they would restart the movie every class. We never got to see the ending. <laughs> I don't know what Stripes is. I may be getting the name wrong. It was, like, about a zebra that wanted to be a real horse. I don't know a lot of horse movies, but in that one, it was live action. So the horse, well, the zebra <laughs> didn't talk. Um, and that makes sense. You know, Lord of the Rings. What was the horse name in Lord of the Rings? Black Jack? 
nope, that's Percy Jackson. Spitfire. Jack Black. Jack Black. <laughs> uh, didn't talk because it was a real horse. Spirit, whatever his name was, didn't talk, but he was a cartoon horse. What is the point of that? If you're animated, you can do anything you want. Brad Pitt was like, I want to be a pirate. And you know what? He could because he was animated. If you're going to cast Matt Damon into your movie and not have him talk the whole time, what's the point of casting Matt Damon? No, Amy, you have made a serious accusation here that I do need to clear up before we can go any further. Um, Are you suggesting to me that Matt Damon played the mute spirit in the movie Spirit, even though he didn't have any lines? Well, he did play Spirit. Now, I've never seen Spirit, so I don't know how many lines he did or did not have. But he is casted as Spirit when you look up Spirit, something of the stallion, which I'm going to do right now for our listeners so they don't have to do it. Um, <laughs> spirit movie horror. Spirit. Spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron. What does and that you mean? Know who's, I don't know. And you know who Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron is? It's Matt Damon. So if Google says that Matt Damon is Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, I'm going to believe it. Oh, wait, wait a second. Again, I've never seen this movie. It says narrated by Matt Damon. Did the horse have, like, an inner monologue? Even if his mouth didn't move? Did he have, like, a narration going on? Like, what, what was the... What do you remember from this movie? I remember only just this horse not talking. Well... So, th- so I was very young, and this is all I remember is looking at the TV and seeing this stupid cartoon horse just, like, not talking. And I was like, well, what's the point of that? And I went off to make a bead necklace or something. <laughs> wow, I, I guess it, he could have had a monologue or, I don't know, <laughs> I guess. I like the idea, though, that um, Matt Damon was just sitting around with his, you know, film executive friends um and maybe he was eating a sandwich his mouth was full or whatever and they asked him a question they were like hey matt we're like thinking of making this horse movie um would you want to be in it whenever and he was just like he didn't know he was like and they were like say it again say that again (laughs) (laughs) you're perfect (laughs) wow the best origin story i have ever heard ever in my life Wow, Matt Damon, the man for the job, Matt Damon, spirit of the summer on himself, Matt Damon. The man for the job, who are you going to call? It's Matt Damon. (laughs) I do wonder if this movie Kazam would have been any better with Matt Damon. Um, I'm going to say no, not as any reflection of Matt Damon's own skill and prowess, but... Because I don't think this movie would have been any better, no matter who was in the leading role. It was just not, spoiler alert for our final thoughts, but it was not a great movie. I do think what you will need if you're going to watch this movie is a drink. And as always, we do have a signature drink here. And because the movie's all about genies, all about wishes, we have the Gin Genie which I'm getting from foodandwine.com. And for the recipe, you're going to need half an ounce of simple syrup, 
you're going to need one ounce of slow gin, one ounce just gin, uh, crushed ice, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, and eight mint leaves. Very simple instructions. In a highball glass, lightly muddle the mint leaves, add the gin, lemon juice, and simple syrup and stir well. Add crushed ice and stir again. Top with more crushed ice and slow gin. And that's your gin genie. Damn. Dr. Strange said, hand me that gin. Let me slow it down for you. (laughs) Of course, to go along with uh, that drink, we have, as always, a drinking game that you can drink along to either to our podcast or to the movie. If you want to watch it, please don't. It's not good. (laughs) So we'll go back and forth. We have a couple of, uh, well, I have a lot of points, so you may want to pick a couple. Um, But my first point for the drinking game is every time Kazam does magic. I I guess to piggyback off of that one, uh, my first point is every time the kid makes a wish. Yep, that is kind of the point of the movie, so <laughs> do that one. To piggyback off of my first point as well, uh, every time Kazam's powers don't work. Oh, very good. I have every time Kazam just randomly starts speaking in rhymes. <laughs> yes! Okay, I had that one too. Um, Every time the main kid in this movie, his name is Max, he gets roughed up by his bullies. Ooh, I got every time... Every This is kind of... Mm, kind of related to the one about every time Kazam starts speaking in rhymes. Every time someone just randomly starts a rap battle. <laughs> yes, that does happen uh, more than I expected in this movie. My last one is every time Kazam tries to pick up a girl. My last one is every time you see a close-up of the weird gargoyle thing on the front of this one building, and it's in, like, the first shot or the first scene, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you watch the movie. But there's, like, two or three just very distinct shots of this weird gargoyle thing, creature, statue, um, on the front of this building that's being demolished. Hmm. Well, I didn't even notice that but take a shot every time that happens so hopefully that drinking game will help you enjoy this movie just a little bit more in the meantime we're gonna get into the actual movie tell you what happened break it down scene by scene there will be spoilers if you care about that (laughs) you probably shouldn't there's not a lot to spoil in this movie but you know we're gonna here we go So this movie starts off kind of confusingly. Maybe we can work this out together, you, uh, Amy, me, and the listeners. This movie starts off... (laughs) Don't even... Okay, this movie starts off, right, with a building getting demolished or something. There's like a wrecking ball kind of swinging into this house storage place or whatever, and it knocks down this doll from a shelf. And it's, I think it's kind of implied that that, like, releases the genie or something. But also that scene is never brought up again. And later when we meet Kazam, Shaquille O'Neal, the genie, he's trapped in a boombox. So I, like, honestly don't get what happened in the start of this movie. Okay, 
I don't either. This is what this is what I think happened because it, it all moved very fast, but also very slow at the beginning. So there's the doll that falls down, and I think the doll knocks over this like old Aladdin-looking lamp, and then you hear Shaq screaming, and I think he's being released from the lamp, and he goes into a boombox. Although I don't think we see him going into a boom box but if he doesn't go into a boom box at that moment he mentions like a couple of times throughout the movie that he's like 3000 or 5000 or whatever years old so if he doesn't go into the boom box now it implies that he was in the boom box for 3000 years implying the existence of boom boxes 3000 years ago so i think what happened is he he, he was in the lamp and the doll fell and it hit the lamp and the lamp fell on the floor and he started screaming and he got released from the lamp and there was no one around and he went into the boom box. Okay, I see. It's not like a sort of ancient Mesopotamian boom box we're dealing with here. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Although I do think that would have been a much better movie, like a mummy style. We gotta, oh. we gotta hunt down this boom box. Oh my god, yeah, the ancient Egyptians knew how to party. <laughs> yeah, oh, have you seen Night at the Museum? We got... <laughs> We got a lot of partying going on. Yeah, no, but I, I think I think that's what happened. It's very confusing, this whole movie. A lot of things just don't make sense. And it's a kid's movie, so you have to suspend your disbelief. But even so, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, you know what, I'm going to take your explanation. I think that makes probably the most sense. Um, Because it's never brought up again. You could just kind of have started with him in the... Well, I guess there would be a lot of questions of why the genie is in a boombox, like uh, what we were just talking about. Regardless, we completely switch main characters in the next scene, and we're introduced to this young, like, elementary school kid named Max, and he's kind of a, well, kind of, he's super, like, a delinquent. His parents are divorced, his mom is getting engaged to this new guy, and the kid is, like, super angsty about it. And also, he sucks. The kid, the kid, the kid sucks <laughs> so bad <laughs> Yeah, I know we have been hard on child actors in the past on this program, but it's not his acting that was the problem here because he acted like a brat which is exactly what the character was it's the writing it's like he was so annoying the character was so annoying to the actor's credit he played him very well but that doesn't change the fact that the character was so annoying that whenever the bullies were like hey we're gonna get you i was like yeah i get him <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> I was um, kind of super rooting against this child in this movie. Um, as Amy mentioned, there's like a bunch of scenes of these random school bullies just like getting them, <laughs> just jumping them. And I was also, in fact, rooting for the bullies, which doesn't happen a lot. But this kid was just like the worst child, I think. These bullies were also so 
like weird like there's the scene at the beginning i think it's the first time that the bullies like come and get him and he's at school and the bullies like kind of corner him in the bathroom and they tackle him to the ground and one of them has like a can of spray paint <laughs> and they they outline his body like he's like a dead body or something except they only do like his head and shoulders so when he gets up there's just like an outline of his head and shoulders on the floor and spray paint yeah uh, these bullies may be delinquents but they're also art connoisseurs you know it's a statement piece about anti-bullying or about um dandruff (laughs) A a little subtle promo for head and shoulders the shampoo oh, company. Oh, yeah. You gotta put together the pieces, but it is there. <laughs> yeah, this is a very intellectual movie. You gotta, you know, really analyze it frame by frame. Um, So these bullies who are very intense but also have some style <laughs> in a different scene, they're, I think it's like after school that day, they're like chasing him on their bicycles down the streets of New York or whatever, and he goes, Max, the main character, goes into the abandoned building that was getting wrecked by the wrecking ball in the first shot. And he, like, goes up to the top floor and he, like, steps in a hole or something. <laughs> and fucking, like, Home Alone style, he falls through, like, four floors and ends up in a pile of trash or something. <laughs> He's st- Okay, the bullies are still after him, right? Somehow they tracked him down through all, the, all this rubble and f- falling four stories, I guess. Which maybe is a callback to the end of the movie. We'll get to that. <laughs> but Max is now on the bottom floor of this, like, torn up building. There's a bunch of wreckage around him. The bullies are coming, so he decides to hide. He finds, like, a piece of cardboard. He, like, puts it over himself, and he's trying to cover himself in this garbage. And he accidentally kicks this boombox next to him and it comes alive and it starts spewing tunes (laughs) and the bullies find him from there but before the bullies can actually do anything the boombox summons Shaquille O'Neal as a genie and the genie's like explaining to Max what his whole dealio is he's like hey kid you got three wishes my name's Kazam Except he speaks, like, in riddles. Except, (laughs) also, he doesn't. He speaks in riddles, like, when he wants to. And then sometimes he's like, yo, this is, like, a lot. (laughs) Who can think of a rhyme for, uh, you know, carbohydrate? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just going to talk normally for, like, a couple minutes. I'll come back to the rapping thing later. So, but he starts off speaking in riddles. The kid, like, surprisingly, though... Like, does not care. He doesn't give it's a single fuck during this movie. This, like, 5,000-year-old genie just came out of a boombox and is like, hey, I'm gonna bend to your every will. And this kid's like, um, can you leave me alone? <laughs> and so Kazam starts, like, stalking him and trying to get him to make a wish. And this kid's like, yo, like, leave me alone, son. I don't need this today. What? What are you doing? <laughs> this kid has like literally every part of his life is a problem. And this genie comes up and he's like, hey, I can solve all of your problems. And this kid's like, leave me alone. Hey, actually, leave me alone. What's the harm in being like, hey, I wish 
and then he wishes for something that will solve one of his problems. Um, he doesn't believe Kazam at first because Kazam's like, you know what? Let me show you a taste of my magic. And he tries to do some like little magic trick and get like sparks out of his fingers or something. It straight up doesn't work, and he disappears. And the kid's like, whatever, man. Like, literally saw this man. This man who's like seven feet tall disappear in front of him. And he doesn't say anything. He's like, mm, that's my angsty life that I can't fix. Well, you know what, bitch? You could fix it if you just ask for those three damn wishes. Yeah, dude. Literally, first scene we see him, we get introduced to this kid has so many problems. He's like a delinquent. Teachers hate him. Students hate him. He's getting super mega bullied and beat up constantly. His parents are divorced. He hates his new stepdad. His dad left when he was two. <laughs> He's like, I just want my parents together. I just want to see my dad. I just want to, like, not get beat up. And then all his problems get delivered to him on a silver platter. Genie came by. He's like, hey, son, I can fix all of that. And he's like, how about if you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So then he just goes home to his sad, miserable life. And like Ashley said, his parents are getting divorced, which the timeline on this confused me, much like the rest of the movie. Because he says later in the movie that his dad left when he was two years old. And he thought that he like left the country or the state or something, uh, and he he'll never see him again. So now this kid is like 12 years old, and his mom is still like going through the divorce papers like what what is the timeline on this because like how long is this divorce taking a decade this serious black could have gone to azkaban and been back by the time this woman sorted <laughs> out her divorce he's done his waiting 12 years of it <laughs> and so is this kid for his dad so because okay this kid like really misses his dad and really hates his stepdad for literally no reason so this kid is like you know what i'm gonna solve my own damn problems even though i have a literal genie to solve all of them so he decides to go see his real dad he like tracks him down somehow <laughs> and he finds him in like this kind of shady business office and the dad does not wreck he's like hey Hey, my name's Max. And the dad's like, get, who are you? Like, get out of here. Because he hasn't seen him since he was a baby. Or not. It's very confusing. Because the mom is still going through the divorce. And hasn't even signed the divorce papers. And it's been, like, 12. It's fine. <laughs> my wish. Well, I'm going to use my first wish right now and say, make this movie less confusing. Hey, Kazam, uh, make this movie less confusing. Although he does say his, his like, one rule about the wishes, right? He's like, you can have anything you want, but no ethereal wishes. So no bringing people back to life. No making people fall in love or fall out of love. Nothing like that. But I can get you, like, a yacht or something. Like, whatever you want. Just no, none of those wishes. Like, no changing destiny. No changing life or death. That's it. That's his one rule. And guess what? By the end of the movie, guess what the kid asked for for one of his wishes? Yeah, one of the things that he literally can't do. Yeah, okay. See, here's the... <laughs> I feel like okay, we gotta get into this territory at some point, right? The genie from Aladdin. I feel like a 
across the board, generally genies usually have the same rule. No falling in love, no back from the dead, no blah, blah, blah. And this genie says the same thing, like Eamon just said. Um, I always thought those were like, <laughs> like physical rules, you know, not, you know, as uh, Captain Barbosa would say from Pirates of the Caribbean, more like guidelines. You know, like you can't bring someone back from the dead. Makes sense. Like, literally, it is beyond my power. This guy starts off, first thing he says to this kid is like, hey, you can get anything, but only if it's, like, a material object. Um, I am a... What's the word when someone's, like, very into material things? Uh, materialistic? <laughs> is that... <laughs> could that be <laughs> the word? <sighs> I'm going to move now. <laughs> I'm a very materialistic genie. Um, what's the word when someone when someone's just like really happy all the time? Oh, is it happy? Could it be happy? <laughs> He's a very materialistic genie. He can only give him physical things. He's like, I could give you a new Camaro. I could give you some Nikes. Uh, but no sort of, like, I wish for general world peace. Um, again, literally break that rule in this movie. But uh, So I guess they were more like guidelines for him. But it's fine. I love that this movie makes so much sense. So this kid, after, you know, understandably getting... I don't know if understand, but he's mad, right? That his dad didn't recognize him. So he decides to go blow off some steam by, I guess, having... <laughs> A bike off with Kazam, and then somehow this like triggers Kazam's powers, and they start working again. And he's like a, uh, you know, an Olympic biker or whatever, because he has the power of genies that can make him really fast. So he like shows off his powers, and the kid finally believes him. Now he's like, "Oh my God, you are a genie!" So Kazam's like, "Yeah, dudes, what I'm telling you the whole time." So what's your first wish? And the kid's like. I'm a kid. I'm going to wish for junk food from here to the sky. And Kazam's like, your wish is my command. And he snaps his little fingers and he takes that wish like not well. I was going to say very seriously, but also he like didn't even super grant it. He's <laughs> like a really bad genie. The kid was like, I want junk food from here to the sky. And Shaq just kind of like makes it rain jelly beans and hamburgers for a minute. But it's not from, I don't know how exact, you know, I, I feel like in most media, Will Smith's genie touched on this in the live action Aladdin uh, when they're always like, you got to make your wishes very specific, right? Live action Aladdin has some issues, but it has some, uh, some goods. I won't, you know, I was going to say I'm not going to spoil it, but it's Aladdin. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. It's the same story. It's Aladdin. Um, there's this one scene, right? Ah, beautiful, excellent scene where the genie, you know, is like being like, you got to make your first wish, Aladdin. Aladdin's, you know, as Aladdin does, is like, make me a prince. And the genie's like, ooh, you got to be super specific on the way you said that. Like, I could just make you a prince. And this random dude appears um, in the background and he's like, where did I come from? I want to go home. So you got to be specific, right? You can't just be like, make me a prince because he will make a prince out of thin air for you. And this dude is like, 
I want junk food from here to the sky. And Shaquille O'Neal gets him like a couple, you know, it's like a room full of burgers, I guess. But it's like maybe waist high. Maybe. If that. It's super not from here to the sky. So I guess you don't have to be as specific with Shaquille O'Neal's wishes. Or maybe he's just like not good at granting wishes. But here's the thing, right? Where does the sky begin? And where good does it end? Good question. Good question. That's a because good question. Because as long as it's off the ground, you could argue that that is the sky. That's... You gotta be specific about If he wanted, like, a warehouse full of it, he should have been like, I want a warehouse full of junk food. Not like, I want to hear to the sky. What does that mean, bitch? Be specific. Like you were saying, like, the sky could be just literally off the ground. You know what? I was taking it the other way. Like, uh, Shaquille O'Neal didn't do a good job. But you know what? You're right. This kid was, like, from here to the sky. Technically, the air is the sky. <laughs> this is actually a very good point. Uh, and you know what else just bothers me about this scene? So after Shaquille O'Neal, like, does his little tricks, he, he gets the bean burritos or whatever falling for the sky for a minute and then he gets like the the good stuff he gets like the kit kat he gets like the mars bars whatever after that the kid is still not impressed and he says so where's the hot chocolate bitch you asked for junk food you didn't ask for hot chocolate did you no you did like do you go out on halloween Right? And then they give you their little junk food. Oh, here's a little bag of, of chips for you. And you're like, where's the hot chocolate? No! You don't say that. You don't say, where's the hot chocolate? Because hot chocolate is not junk food. Hot chocolate is hot chocolate. Very good point, actually. You're not, like, skiing down a, a, a ski lift and you get to the top and all your little, you know, teachers and instructors are, are there. And they're like, hey, kids, got a, a nice warm treat for you after, you know, being in the snow for so long. And it's a single jelly bean. It's not, it's not the same thing. And then, and then this kid eats like one Mr. Big bar, right? He's like eating it. He's like kind of talking shit to Kazam. He's like, you know what? That's actually not that impressive. Whatever. He eats one chocolate bar and then they leave and he never goes back to that warehouse ever again. He spent his whole wish being like, hey, you know what? I would like junk food. And he eats one chocolate bar. And he leaves, and there's, like, a whole warehouse full of junk food that he wished for with his wish. One of three, like, infinitely possible wishes. And he just leaves, and he never comes back. And he doesn't even put any in his pockets. He's like, you know what? That was cool to see, but I'm just going to dip now after I ate this one fucking chocolate bar. What is wrong with him? Girl, I have enough problem as it is, like, opening a bag of Pringles and stopping halfway. It's they're right they're in front of me. What am I gonna do? Th this kid has an entire warehouse full of stuff, and he's like, mm, no, nah, I'm kind of like a little stuffed. I had a little munchy, a little, little single, just a single bite of Kit Kat. I'm gonna move on. With You're a child. You're a child. You know what childs do? They eat junk food. Uh, this is every kid's dream, and he's Bro. wasting it. And you know what? He could have done so much more. He didn't even have to eat it. He could have sold it. He could have been like, oh. hey, bullies. Hey, bullies, if you stop beating the shit out of me, I'll give you a warehouse full of junk food. I think that's a pretty fair deal. And then they would have stopped beating the shit out of him. Because you know what? None of his wishes actually contributed to solving his problems. No. 
And it just also occurred to me that, okay, when Shaq first arrives, right, when Max doesn't believe that he's a genie, genie's like, I'll prove it to you. Give me a wish. And the kid's like, I wish for like an Impala. I can't remember what (laughs) car he says, Um, but he wants like a, a sick black car. And Shaq's like, your wish is my demand. And he snaps his little fingers. And, of course, nothing happens because he's, like, rusty or whatever. And then later, Kid wishes for junk food, which he does not touch for some reason. Is that first? Like, he did make that first wish, right? But I guess it doesn't count. Also, why was a 12-year-old wishing for a car? Yeah, that didn't make any I think Shaq was too easy on him. Uh, about these wishes because if i was the genie that was like assigned to this bratty little kid and he wished for a car i would have been like you know what your first wish was a car and now that i got my my magic back i'm gonna make you a car and now you have a car and this fucking warehouse full of junk food that you're never gonna eat give me one last wish so i can get the fuck out of your life because i hate you (laughs) right this okay simbad is like (laughs) oh the Mandela effect, it's it, its taking effect. The magic, it's happening. Oh, God. Someone wished for it to be real, and soon it will be. <laughs> what was I even going to say? This is messing me up, man. I didn't even... I didn't even know that... <sighs> okay, let me get my, my jumbled thoughts together. <laughs> Hang on. Getting in your head. The wishes are, are, are taking effect. He's in my head now, dude. I literally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what were we just talking about? Oh, Shaq was way too easy on this. Game. Oh, but also, while, while you're thinking of what to say, I just wanted to say that the whole time, whenever the kid made a wish, like some throwaway wish, uh, where I would have been like, okay, if you wish for like, if you want to spend a whole wish on a hot dog, I'm going to get you a hot dog. But Shaq was like, mm, are you sure you want to spend a whole wish on a hot dog? Just give him the damn hot dog so you can leave. This kid is annoying. And then at the end or near the end of the movie, Shaq's like, you know, you're my only friend, right? And the kid's been treating him like shit the whole time. And I'm like, Shaq, bro, I know you haven't been out in the world for like 3,000 years, 5,000 years, whatever it is. This kid is not your friend. This kid is like your nemesis. Girl, he is a toxic friend. You gotta hire your expectations, man. Yeah, okay. That what I... <laughs> this genie, Shaquille O'Neal, he, like, he keeps trying to sort of talk Max out of stuff. And he keeps trying to protect him. He's, like, doing stuff from Max that, like, he didn't even wish for. You know, like, he's, like, helping him in school or whatever. He's helping him get away from bullies. Um, And he's using his magic when the kid didn't even wish for anything. So what's the point of making wishes if Kazam is just going to, like, do stuff for you anyway? So the kid is, like, not giving up about his dad, though. So he decides to try again, go visit his dad again, and this time... He builds up the courage to tell the dad who he is. He's like, I'm your son. And the dad, so far up until this point, has been a bit of a jerk. Um, He is like a mob boss or something. He runs, he's like, I think runs a nightclub, but also kind of beats up people in the back alleys. I really don't. 
Anyway, the dad is like <laughs> kind of a dick. But then when he finds out that Max is his son, he's just like super happy about it. He gets so much more. He lightens up. But then, you know, as I just said, later that night, Max catches him like beating up an employee. So I don't we don't really know what's going on with dad at this point. And, you know, when Max goes to see his dad, who again runs like a nightclub or something, and this kid is let in even though he's 12. <laughs> and so, like, Shaquille O'Neal, I guess, is like hired to, to rap at this nightclub. Um, and remember before when Max and Kazam had like a bike off for no reason, now to help Kazam, like, practice um his nightclub rapping or whatever he has a rap off with this kid which is mm, very not good <laughs> oh my god this scene fucking sucked like <laughs> watching this 12 year old rap was possibly probably the most secondhand embarrassment i got in my life but like it probably also was the most embarrassed Kazam has ever been in 3,000 years. Just, if if you got a movie with kids in it, don't make them rap. Because you know they're not going to be good. They think that they're spitting the rhymes, but they're not. They're just spitting on the floor. It's not good. No, dude, they're, they're like, just trying to act. They can barely act. And now you're like, I need you to spit straight rhymes. Against Shaquille O'Neal, I guess. As expected, the kid does not do great. <laughs> I mean, the movie plays it off like, yeah, he's like killing it right now. Well, <laughs> the kid helps Shaq practice his rapping, I guess. There's a lot of unnecessary rap battles in this movie for no reason. Um, is Shaquille also a rapper? <laughs> Am I missing something? Oh my god, girl, I have so much- I was digging, I got so much background information just on Shaquille O'Neal, and let me tell you something about Shaquille O'Neal. According to his Wikipedia page, he has not one, not two, not three, but four studio albums, and one unreleased album. Let me tell you the names of these albums. So first one, 1993, we got Shaq Diesel. Oh my god. <laughs> Sounds like a character in Fast and Furious, right? Oh yeah. Then the next year we got Shaq Fu Da Return. Yeah. D-A. Oh my god. Beautiful. And yeah. it ties in to his other enterprise, video game enterprise, because he has a video game called Shaq Fu, which I will talk about later. Studio album number three, You Can't Stop the Rain. Hell no, you can't, you can't stop the rain. And then studio album number four, Respect. Because you gotta respect Shaq. I mean, the man does basketball. The man is in movies. He's released studio albums. He has video games. I think he has like a PhD also. So, <gasps> I know. And, and, and I was reading his Wikipedia page about, you know, his life. And the thing that his, it was either his master's or his PhD but what he wrote on for his thesis actually sounded like interesting and intellectual. It was like aggression versus humor in leadership 
or something like that. And I was like, Shaq, what the fuck? That actually sounds like a real thesis. And then, okay, let me just get to the unreleased album. Shaquille O'Neal presents his Super Friends Volume 1. Now, this implies that he wanted to do more than one volume, I think. But sadly, that's the only volume of Shaquille O'Neal presents his Super Friends. Who are his Super Friends? I don't know. It's got to be like other basketball players, right? What other basketball players are out here spitting rhymes like Shaquille O'Neal is? No one. Not a single one. Shaq's out here doing the most. He's uh, he, he's making movies. He's granting wishes. He's uh, stopping the monsters from dunking on the Toon Squad. He's... <laughs> you know what? We need, because Michael Jordan was in, as we know... Space Jam 1. The trailer for Space Jam 2 just came out and I did not see Shaq. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I didn't see him in the thumbnail. So I'm assuming he's not in it. But you know what? Maybe uh, Space Jam 3. Maybe that's the one where he makes his comeback. Because I've noticed that in Hollywood nowadays, we've had a lot of wrestlers. We got, of course, The Rock. We got John Cena. We got Dave Bautista. We've got a lot of wrestlers in Hollywood, but I think we need to bring back the era of basketball players in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Shaq, like we said, Shaq's out here doing the most. He's representing the uh, the ball bo- the B-boys. Well, I think that's a different thing, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we need more uh, basketball representation around here, you know? Um, I agree. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, where are they in, uh, you know, the MCU, the big budgets? I can't. Amy, Amy, you gotta help me. I don't know sports. I need the name of another basketball player. Oh, yeah. We got Michael Jordan. We got Shaquille O'Neal. We got, let me, we got, we got Kobe. We got Lola Bunny. We got Bugs. <laughs> you know the squad. Yeah, the Toon Squad is out here. Oh, we got LeBron James. Wait, of he's course. in Space Jam 2, right? I think he's in Space... I Again, I haven't seen the trailer yet. I know I'm behind. But <laughs> I I think... Okay, we we got... We got... Hold on, the page is loading. We got... We got... <laughs> We got Steph Curry. We got Magic Johnson. We got uh, Larry Bird. We got a lot of people that could uh, potentially take over Hollywood. Yeah, we got a lot of potential genies in the lineup. Maybe we've got a whole uh, series coming of different basketball stars coming out of different objects uh, to grant wishes. (laughs) Please no. You know what? We take it back. We don't want that. Uh, so write that down, Disney, whoever produces movie. We don't want that, actually. We want them to be in good movies. Yeah, we tried it once. Mm. <laughs> it didn't work out so well as uh, I think you've gathered so far by the way we talk about this movie. So Kazam is like performing at this random nightclub that the dad owns. And the dad and the dad's boss see Kazam performing, I guess. And they're really interested in him. I think they kind of notice that he has some sort of magical powers or whatever. So they want to capture him, I guess. And also, there's some sort of tape that the dad's boss wants. I think it might be of Kazam doing magic. 
But also, this movie is so confusing that I do not know. So Max's bullies broke into this nightclub a couple nights ago and stole this tape from the dad's boss. So Max is tasked with getting it back. So he uses his second wish to uh, just be like, hey, Genie, can you just like get this tape for me? Um, And at first the Genie is straight up like, no, we can do this ourselves. Let's just like sleuth around, you know, get some snacks, lay back. We can just like search through this whole warehouse ourselves. And the kid's like, "Mm, no, I'm going to use my wish on this. And then finally Shaq gives in and just like snaps his fingers and gets his tape to him. Yeah, it. It didn't make it, it. It didn't make sense, but it didn't make sense because Max was the one who saw the bullies in line for the nightclub, and he kind of spilled the beans on, you know, they're recording this tape that's gonna be like ten million worth ten million dollars, and the bullies are like, "We'll steal it for us," and he's like, "No." But I'll let you in. So Max is the one who kind of orchestrated this whole thing. And it's his own fault that he had to use a wish on getting the tape back. He just sucks. <laughs> he super sucks. So once he gets the tape back, he gives it back to his dad. And, you know, he's kind of feels sorry, I guess, for his dad at this point. Because if he's seen him like beat up a bunch of employees and he's kind of like a, a mob goon. <sighs> I don't. um so he tries to use his third wish to give his dad a second chance um and of course kazam's like "Mm, rule number three baby only material objects i can't super do that for you not even like rule number three it's rule number one because he only has one rule (laughs) (laughs) ah true um and the kid forgot it already so kazam's like "Mm, can't do that um the kid's like fine (laughs) So the bad guys now, which is dad, dad's boss, whatever, uh, you know, they've seen Shaq, they've seen him do magic, and they're like, I want that for myself. So they decide to steal Shaq's magic boom box <laughs> to, like, get Shaq and his powers or whatever. And Max tries to get it back, doesn't super succeed, but then, he, you know, he's got to escape the building because now all the goons are after him. And, um, <laughs> meanwhile, Kazam, even though his boombox is getting stolen, this kid is literally, like, running for his life away from these mob goons. Kazam's just, like, out there on stage living his life, just being him. Uh, you know, just singing a little Shakira, a little Eminem, whatever. And the kid is literally, like, telepathically talking to him. He's like, Shaq, I'm being, like, murdered. Can you help me? And Shaq's like, okay, like, can you let me get to verse two? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Shaq's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's like, wait, 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 I like, I can hit the high note in the bridge. <laughs> like, just let me get there. <laughs> so Shaq just like wants to sing, <laughs> but he doesn't really get to finish his song because the bad guy uses the boom box to summon Kazam and tries to put him back into the box through the power of like love. You know how it is. Kazam manages to resist. And stays and, like, fights off all the bad guys and defeats all of them. But not before the main bad guy, the dad's 
mob boss pushes Max <laughs> pushes Max like straight down an elevator shaft and he kills him. He dies in this kids movie. This gets so dark all of a sudden with like no in the first half of the movie, you're like, mm, what a lighthearted romp. There's some, you know, some rap battles. There's like a genie and some wishes. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, he gets pushed down an elevator shaft and dies. <laughs> and then Kazam comes over and he's like, oh my god, he's fucking dead. And so you know what he does in retaliation to the dad's boss for pushing Max down that elevator shaft? Using his magic, he... I don't even know, crumples the guy into a basketball and slam dunks him into the garbage can. Oh, this was his audition tape for Space Jam 3, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So now the boss is like, you know, just eternally a basketball or something. Um, And even crazier than that. Okay, Max is like super dead at this point. Shaq's like cradling him in his arms and he's like you're my, you're the only friend I've had in 5,000 years which that's sad not because he's your only friend but because he <laughs> he him him really he's your only friend <laughs> so I guess because the kid's third wish was to give his dad a second chance or whatever even though it was like super against the genie's rules Shaq is like it was such a selfless wish you know you didn't make it for yourself uh came from your heart you're wishing it for someone else so i'm gonna bring you back to life through the power of your own goodwill i guess even though it was literally my only rule that i can't do that this guy has one one singular rule one ring to rule them all one rule and that is it and that one rule is i can only do material things i can't bring people back from the dead and uh, he does it. He does it anyway. He brings Max back to life, even though that was the one thing that he mentioned he couldn't do. So I don't. There are no rules. There are no rules. Life isn't fair. We're all going to die. Except, I guess, if Shaq is around to break his own <laughs> rules and bring you back. After he brings the kid back, Shaq, like, I don't even know what a sends or some into a higher form and becomes like the son from the the baby son from the Teletubbies or something like he, there's just like his face kind of like semi transparent on this like bright yellow shining background it's like the baby son face and I was like what is going on here and he's like I'm freed you freed me Max I'm a djinn now which is like a version of the genie but they're free and they can do whatever the fuck they want and they can make all those like life and death wishes so he's like one of those now he's one of those kind of kind of genies and he's like okay well i'm i'm free peace out and max is like what is going on here and also by the way the building is on fire (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude kazam like saw that one scene in lion king where mufasa died and he was like "Mm, that sky face Hmm, that sounds like my thing james old jones i'm coming for you So he, like, literally ascends. The building is on fire for no reason. The fire officers come or whatever. um, And they rescue Max, who is re-alive at this point, from the building. And, uh, by the way, the fire officer... Fire officer? 
What am I talking what, what about? Is a fire, what is a fire officer, by the way? What? <laughs> a fire officer is, I guess, the new term for firemen, but also I might have been thinking of police officer. <laughs> so the fireman that rescues him is his new stepdad. So they have, like, a little heart-to-heart, a reunion. He's like, you know, Max is a good boy now. He's like, maybe I will have you in my life. And the stepdad's like, thanks, son. And then the real dad comes back around. And I guess that third wish where Max wanted his dad to have a second chance was granted. Because the dad's now, like... I miss you, Max. I'm so sorry I wasn't around for 12 years. I was in Azkaban. I want to right all my wrongs. <laughs> and he wants a second chance with Max. He wants to be part of his life again. And Max is like, sick. Okay. Which sucks because the whole time the dad's been like an asshole to Max. He's been, like, fighting this divorce for, like, 10 years. And then as soon as he's like, "Mm, actually, can I be in your life? The mom and Max are both like, yeah, welcome. Welcome back into my He's an asshole, though. And he was an asshole the whole time. And also the second thing that I hate. Oh, actually, there's three things that I hate about this ending. So that's number one. Number two is the fireman stepdad. He's like, okay, I'll, um... I'll see you guys at, uh, I'll see you guys later then uh, when Max and the mom are like going to go back home. And Max is like, aren't you coming with us? But the building is still on fire. (laughs) And the stepdad's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll come with, I'll drive. Don't worry. And he goes with them and the building is still on fire. And also he's a fireman and that's his job. Like, bud, you got to take care of that first. Like that fire, like that's, that's legit your job. And you got to like stop that fire um but he's like no i'm just gonna head out early see you later suckers and so he leaves and on their way out max this is the third thing that i hate by the way max finds this cup of hot chocolate off the street and he picks it up and drinks from it maybe he doesn't drink from it but he looks like he's gonna drink from it you know this random open hot chocolate off of the new york city street i mean obviously it's you know implied he wanted a hot chocolate before and oh shot granted or whatever but like it was sitting like on a manhole. It's just, there's literally like ash, ash raining around him because you know the building he was in is on fire, and he's like, "Mmm, delicious." So they leave the mom and the stepdad and Max, and oh by the way, the dad is going to jail. Yeah. So he gets carted off to jail, and then Kazam. I think he has, like, a new girlfriend now, one of the the girls that he was having a rap battle against in the club scene, in the nightclub scene. Um, So he has a new girlfriend now, and also he's free, so he's just, like, going to live his life. So he's like, peace out, Max, and uh, I don't think they're ever going to see each other again. And that's the end of the movie, and it fucking sucked. It sucked so hard, my guy. I'm so glad it's done. Um, It was only, like, an hour and a half, which was pretty solid. I'm very glad it did not make me go longer than that. Yeah, yikes. I think we should get into our thoughts about it, because I have a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It First of all, it did not make any sense. And I was confused the whole time. I was confused going over it with you again. I think we already went over most of the things that I was confused about. But there's one more thing that I was 
Like, I just, it didn't make any sense. Because if he's 3,000 years old, and it's implied that he hasn't come out in that time for 3,000 years or whatever, at least, you know, a couple hundred years, because at the beginning his powers were kind of rusty. So let's say he hasn't come out for a couple hundred years. And then he comes out in the 90s and he speaks like he's from the 90s. Like, wouldn't he speak like Shakespeare? Like, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't he get those fucking rhyming couplets straight from the man Shakespeare himself? Mr. Willie Shakes over here instead of speaking like he's from the 90s. Because he just like literally right now came out into the 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, that light through yonder window breaks. You know that's what he's supposed to be spitting. To be fair, when he first arrives, he does kind of rap slash rhyme for a bit when he comes out of the lamp and you're like, oh, are we doing this? And then Shaq's like, nope. And he stops rhyming. But <laughs> the rhymes that he's spitting at the beginning are still like mm, modern rap. Well, 90s rap. They are not like you know, the kind of eloquent Shakespeare that you would expect from a man that uh, has been trapped in a boombox, a lamp, who knows, uh, for the past 5,000 years. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I guess, you know, maybe he's got a TV in there, has been kept up to date on all the latest, uh, you know, <laughs> Buffy episodes. <laughs> he's been watching Friends, you know, he's got the lingo. I feel like if... They start him off strong, speaking in that crisp rap. I think he should have rapped the whole way through or not at all. Because, like, if you're going to go there, commit to the bit. Oh, yeah. There was zero commitment. They wrote, like, one rhyme in the beginning, the writers did, and they were like, that's it for today, boys. <laughs> Wrap her up. <laughs> Wrap her up. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, agreed. They should have, I mean, if he was gonna, he could have, you know, sung a song. A lot of actors, I feel, do this, right? Is they, like, promote one of their own songs in a movie that they're in. Um, I don't know what if he was rapping professionally uh, at this point, or if that was later for Mr. O'Neill. Yeah, dude, he should have, like, rapped the whole time, rhymed the whole time, or just, like, not done it. Or, like, I don't know, played it off as a goof in the beginning. Been, like... Mm, that light through yonder window breaks I am your GD and then been like <laughs> your jokes dude I'm here what are your three wishes eh. and like played it off as like a joke but instead he just like goes back and forth throughout the movie and you're like what is the truth here I would have loved that also because this movie like straight up was not like, very funny. Uh, I think that would have added some comedy uh, to this movie because the jokes, question mark, that they did have were kind of, not even just the jokes, but, like, the dialogue was just not funny. And, and when they tried to be funny, I think it came off a little bit offensive. There were... Yeah. There were, I don't want to get into it too much, but it was, like, pretty not that good. Yeah, on Wikipedia, it describes this movie as, quote, a <laughs> musical fantasy comedy. Now, in my opinion, it's got zero for three here. <laughs> it, I mean, if you wanted it to be a musical, commit to the musical thing. This movie was only like an hour and a half, so I guess couldn't squeeze a lot of music 
in there, but there was like two half rap battles, kind of. It, it didn't really commit to the musical thing. Fantasy? Well, <laughs> I don't. I mean, he made him a mountain of jelly beans in the beginning. I guess he was, you know, sort of a genie, but I don't know how much I'd call this movie a fantasy. And of course, the last word, comedy. Used lightly, I guess. Uh, comedy in quotation marks there. Yeah, there was no... I don't think I laughed once. Uh, when I, Maybe I did laugh, but it was like, what the fuck? That kind of laugh where I'm like, what is going on here? But it wasn't like, haha, you, you got me good with them, with them jokes there. It wasn't like that. It was like, what is going on here? Like, when they started, like, doing that fucking Mario Kart bicycle race. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is going on here? This is so stupid. But, yeah, it, it needed a little more flavor, I think, with the comedy. And, like, literally everything you were saying. Yeah, a little more flavor and a little more heart, I think. We'll go into this when we talk about what we want to change about this movie. But the kid, I mean, we, we've discussed, sucks ass. Kid sucks so, nothing against the actor, but the character, oh my god, kick him. Kick him so hard. <laughs> he was the worst. Honestly, um, should have stayed dead. Yeah, Bury dude. him, bitch. He should have been the one that Shaq broke all of his powers to turn into a basketball and slam dunked him into the garbage. Because his character was garbage, and I hated him. Agreed. Should we get into uh, what we want to change about this movie? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask that because I feel like we have a lot. So, you know, just to reiterate, we wish it was funnier, more or less musical numbers. I commit to the fucking thing. Uh, Maybe more fantasy elements. Again, the rhyming thing, either all or nothing with that one. You got to go all in or not at all. You know what? Let's just talk about the kid because he... Uh, was so frustrating, so annoying. Like, I know he's going through some shit right now, but, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you an example of a great movie that has a kid in the leading role who does a great job and is a likable character, and it's got fantasy elements, and their home life is shit, but they're still a good person, and they really try, and they're not, like... This kid in this movie was so cynical. Like, Max was just like, whatever. I'm just, like, my life sucks. And I suck. And I'm like, yeah, you do fucking suck. So what are you going to make me, what are you going to do to make me root for you? And the answer was absolutely nothing. But the whole time I was like, you know what? A much better movie with all of these elements is Matilda. Okay. I have never seen Matilda. (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? Matilda in it comes from this family that's kind of broken and they don't really like her and oh Danny DeVito is in it also Danny DeVito directed it so two for two we love him oh my god but she kind of has like a a similar thing where her life at school kind of sucks her life at home kind of sucks but she's still got that kind of childish optimism uh hopefulness that you want to see from a kids movie but wasn't really present in this movie because Again, the main character, the main uh, kid was really cynical and he didn't try to do anything to like better his life or the life of the people around him. Except when he wished that his dad would like get a second chance. Like, 
that's the one kind of wish he said he couldn't grant. But like, you know, the way that this kid was written was so, ugh, so bleh. But there are kids who are, you know, characters who are in similar types of movies that are very likable. So it's not like, you know, it was impossible to make the audience like him. They just didn't try hard enough. Mm, yeah, agreed. I mean, I was very scared of Roald Dahl as a kid, so I never saw Matilda. But I mean, that sounds much better than this movie. I agree. That was like one of the biggest kind of problems, I think, with this movie was that, I mean, like I said, there was no heart to this movie. It's about, at its core, like this kid who's going through stuff. He's getting bullied at school. He's got no friends. His home life is basically, you know, in shambles. His dad left when he was a kid. His mom's getting remarried. There's a divorce going on. Like, this kid has so much going on in his life. And he's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to dirt bike, even though I'm 12. Like, he just, like, he's so, (laughs) I hate this kid. He didn't do anything in this movie to make you feel bad for him. You wanted him dead. You wanted him to stay dead at the end of this movie, even though everything (laughs) about his life sucked. You're like, well, better off for you, I guess. He should have, like, one of two things. Shaq mentions at the end of this movie, he's like, oh, my God. Max, you were, like, my best friend for 5,000 years, even though I've known you for, like, half a day, and you treated me like shit. But, like, I feel like there should have been more heart-to-heart scenes or bonding or whatever where Max is explaining what's going on with his life. Maybe he's, like, talking about how he deflects with humor or something, or that's implied or something, where he is kind of talking to Shaq about what's going on, and he uses his wishes to try to make things generally better in his life instead of being like i want a cheeseburger or you know he they built up this whole thing in the beginning about he has this issue with his stepdad because he's not his real dad and he's coming into his life and he doesn't know him so there should have been i feel like maybe some bonding with the stepdad because at the end he's just like you know what stepdad you're all right because I came back to life, and now I'm a good person. Like, there should have been some sort of bonding between any... Like, I will take any two characters to have any sort of, uh, like, emotional moment in this movie, and I would have been good, but there was nothing! Yeah, like, oh my god, we know that Kazam has had no friends for 3,000 or 5,000 years, they're very, like wishy-washy about that but we also know that max he has like one friend that appears in two scenes and could have easily been cut out of the movie but you know max has no friends kazam has no friends if they just bonded and actually became friends not like Shaq being like oh he's my best friend and i'm like where it doesn't make any sense because we didn't see that bonding through the movie and it also like wasn't implied in the movie So it was just like there was no effect on the audience because we're like, okay, they just met and Max is being like a little dipshit to Shaq the whole time. So they're obviously not friends no matter what Shaq says about it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to give you another example of a movie that did the same thing better. I feel like all of you see this coming. It's Aladdin. 
it's literally the same plot as Aladdin, but worse. <laughs> Aladdin was this street rat who had no friends except for a random monkey with a hat. And, you know, he was just like living his little orphan life and, you know, trying to get a girl or whatever. But like Genie comes along in that movie and they like genuinely bond and talk about what is missing in their lives it's the same thing the genie in aladdin wants to be freed genie in this movie wants to be freed but like it's so much more heartfelt in aladdin this movie just did aladdin worse <laughs> yeah why they gotta do aladdin like that <laughs> i mean also i haven't seen the the new remake of aladdin but in the animated aladdin uh robin williams Genie was so good and so funny and he had so much heart in that movie and Shaq as the genie in this movie was I will give him he was much a, a much better character and a much more likable character than Max was <laughs> but there was that je ne sais quoi that just wasn't there I don't know what it is, but but there was something missing from all of the performances here that made them seem like, like you were saying, like they just didn't have the heart that that other movies had. Yeah, I don't know when Aladdin animated movie came out. Even if Aladdin came out after this, it felt like Jack was trying to be Robin uh, Williams' genie in this movie. He was very kind of over the top you know, goofy all over. And I, I love Shaq, but I don't know if it, it worked as well as uh, he intended it to in this particular movie. Maybe it was because of the movie itself, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, no, I don't want Shaq to be Robin Williams. I want Robin Williams to be Robin Williams. I want Shaq to be Shaq's genie. I don't want him to, like, pretend to be other genies, which I think you're right. He was trying to, like, emulate. But I wanted to see, like, what does Shaq have to offer to this genie role that's kind of different, that's unique? Didn't really get that. Didn't get anything. Um, also, I want to touch just very, very briefly on a couple of problematic stuff with this movie. Okay, first, just I'm going to roll over this stuff because I don't want to dwell on it. I know this was a 90s movie and this was kind of the thing back then. Um, but there's like a lot, like a lot of scenes of Max, who's like a 11, 12 year old kid, just like staring at like adult girls all kind of mm. and I was very uncomfortable with that oh yeah uh, there was also a lot of Max saying okay so when he first starts thinking oh my god Kazan actually does have powers his first thought is not oh my god I'm so lucky I'm such a lucky kid because I get three magical wishes of any material object that I want, I can have whatever I want, I can improve my life. That's not his first thought. His first thought is, I'm going to hold you hostage by not giving you my two other wishes, and you're going to be my slave. And that's a word that comes up multiple times in this movie, and is very not cool. Shaq is the only black actor in this movie, to call him a slave repeatedly is just not very, not a very good idea. Even in the 90s, you had to have kind of known what was topical. So that was not good. And the only other person of color in this movie was the dad's 
boss who I think is Middle Eastern and he first of all he's like the the evil guy yeah we've seen it before we know the stereotypes he makes Shaq eat like goat eyes or whatever it's just a lot of stereotypical very racist very derogatory kind of images that they're putting out there even for a 90s movie yeah I'm glad uh, you said that that's what I was gonna say next was it was very ooh did not like the idea of this white kid Max keep talking about how he owns Shaquille O'Neal who's a black actor that was very yikes seriously would have changed that yeah there was some problematic stuff in this movie it was a 90s movie but I don't think that excuses it (laughs) yeah also it just wasn't I think they kind of played it off to be like, ooh, haha, we're making jokes. They weren't really jokes, though. <laughs> they were just, like, mean, just kind of mean stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, you know, gotta love the 90s. That's what they did. But that's basically what I would change. I don't know if you have any more stuff, but that's basically what I would change about this movie is make the kid more likable. Add more heart to it, more bonding time with the stepdad and Shaquille O'Neal. Get rid of all that gross gross racism in this movie and make it either a musical or not a musical pick one yeah and you know what that all of that true the the final thing that i would change is that i would take this movie and i would uh crumple it up into a basketball (laughs) and i would i would slam dunk it into the trash can because this movie is garbage (laughs) this is a garbage movie wow and we thought we thought because the poster with Shaq, you know, coming out of his little boombox. Very wacky, very wild. We thought it would be very fun to have on season three, our, our fun season. But we were wrong. And I thought when I was looking at the ratings for this movie that a three out of ten from IMDb and a five percent from Rotten Tomatoes was like harsh. But now I'm like, wow, that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe even a little too high. You know, okay, when we were talking about what we were going to change, I was going to make a joke and be like, okay, what are our three wishes for things we would change about this movie? And then I was like, hmm, I don't think we can fit that down into three. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into reviews, because I think we're done with our new segment uh, from season three, our improving segment. uh, There are some things that I want to touch on pieces of trivia about this movie and about Shaquille O'Neal because I was going down this Shaquille O'Neal rabbit hole researching this movie and his career like I'm so intrigued by it I do want to touch on some of the things that I found very cool and very interesting and one of the things which I think I mentioned before is his video game Shaq Fu so Shaq Fu is considered, and this is again from the Wikipedia page, one of the worst video games ever made. Now let me tell you about the story of Shaq Fu, what what the storyline is in the game. So in the game storyline, Shaquille O'Neal walks into a dojo. Already this sounds like the start of a bad joke. Shaq walks into a dojo while heading to a charity basketball game in Tokyo, Japan. After speaking with Liotsu, a martial arts master, Shaq goes to another dimension, the second world, where he must rescue a young boy named Nizu 
from the evil mummy set raw. What? <laughs> okay, why are we watching this movie? <laughs> that should have been the movie. This is a video game. There are so many elements. First of all, he walks into a dojo to play basketball. <laughs> or he, he walks, he finds a dojo while he's going to a basketball game. I don't know. And then he meets a martial arts master. And then he has to defeat the evil mummy set raw. And I was like, why does Shaq have a martial arts video game? And I was looking at a different section of his Wikipedia. This all connects. Shaquille O'Neal apparently began training in mixed martial arts in two in the year 2000. So he's trained in boxing, jujitsu, Mai Tai, and wrestling. And oh. at the gym, he used the nickname Diesel. Now, keep that in mind, right? Because from a different section of the Wikipedia page, O'Neill also started DJing in the 1980s. So currently, he produces electronic music and tours the world under the stage name Diesel. So we're connecting the dots here, right? So he's a martial arts master, I guess. Uh, who trains in the, under the name Diesel, but he's also a DJ whose stage name is Diesel. There are, there are a lot of things going on here. And again, from the Wikipedia page, because this this page is, there's so much going on on this page. Um, this one part says, it's just a list of, of, of his nicknames, because he has very many of them, and let me read them to you. So O'Neill called himself the Big Aristotle and Hobo Master. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then he also has other nicknames, Shaq, which is just like, you know, nickname of his name, The Diesel, okay, Shaq Fu, The Big Daddy, Superman, The Big Agave, The Big Cactus, The Big Shactus, The Big Galactus. <laughs> From Marvel? <laughs> the Real Deal, The Big Shamrock? Oh, The Big Leprechaun? I don't know where all this Irish imagery is coming from. <laughs> Shakovic, the big conductor. I also think I remember reading that he conducted, he conducted music as some performance, like as a conductor. What? I'm just so intrigued by his whole the career, the trajectory of his career has just been so all over the place. I'm so intrigued by it. You know what? He's out here doing the most. You know what? I kind of love that though. You know, okay. There's so much kind of. I'm being, like, genuine here. There is, like, so much kind of, I don't know, stigma? Wrong word, probably. But, like, about sort of keeping one career path, right? Of being, like, okay, you're an actor, you stick to acting. Your music, you stick to that, whatever. And he's just out here being, like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Uh, I'm going to be a DJ. I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going to be a genie. Like, he's just out here, you know, picking careers up like Uno cards. And I didn't even get to Shaq Fu, the second in the video game franchise. It's called Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. And if you thought that him fighting Set Raw in the first video game was just unbelievable and so imaginative, then listen to this. Because uh, Shaq Fu 2, A Legend Reborn, it says it, it's different than the first one because it's more like a beat-em-up style game i guess whatever that means i don't play a lot of video games so anyway that's not the important part the important part is there was a dlc add-on titled barack foo the adventures of dirty barry and in the video game in the dlc 
You can follow a fictionalized version of former United States President Barack Obama through two stages as he goes through France and outer space to defeat oh. a fictional take on rapper slash singer slash songwriter Kanye West. So not only can you play uh, Shaquille O'Neal in this game, but you can also play former President Barack Obama, who is fighting against Kanye West in possibly outer space. I love how they add that on right after, though. They're like, you can go to outer space and, get this, France. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Mortal Kombat could never move over Street Fighter. Oh my god, this is the new game of the year. When did this come out? I am not interested. Okay, so I think Shaq-Fu came out in the 90s or 2000s, and then Shaq-Fu 2 came out in 2018. So this is, like, fresh. This is hot off the press. Um, This is still pretty new. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, though, let me just... Because I'm so invested in this. Let me just tell you some of the finishing moves from the first Shaq-Fu game. So Set Ra, when struck with a high attack towards his head would drop to his knees as his head caught fire. Then the body of Set Ra would dissolve, the wraps falling to the ground and the smoldering shoulder armor tumbling forward. Wow. You can set Set Ra's head on fire in this game. Okay, let me let me uh, tell you another one. So Beast, when struck in a certain way, would have his skin dissolve away, revealing a skeleton which crumbles to the ground. Damn, dude. Shaq is not holding anything back with this video game, because this sounds intense as fuck. Oh my god, yes! Let me just tell you one more, okay? I don't know how to pronounce it. Mephis? Mephis? When struck with a mid-range attack, would shatter into ghost-like shards, which fade away into the air, leaving his <laughs> decrepit robe behind. Oh my Ew. god! He turns into a ghost and leaves his nasty old crusty robe behind. <laughs> He's like gross Obi Wan, <laughs> just a nasty flaky Obi Wan. <laughs> He's like, peace, I'm out of here. You can keep my uh, hand me downs though. <laughs> wow, this game looks so fucking fun. Anyway, that's all the Shack trivia I'm gonna say for today. There's a lot of it though. Very interesting career this man has. That's a, that, he's a role model now. Oh my god. That was um, the wildest ride. I think I gotta get that game now. Like, I gotta play it. I know, set that set Rod's head on fire. Get oh, those old yeah. crusty Obi-Wan robes. <laughs> get him out of here. Fade away like Voldemort. So, I mean, now we're gonna talk about what the internet thought about this movie. We've talked a lot about what we thought about this movie. We have a couple... IMDB reviews here and a couple letterbox ones. So um, I'm going to start off with IMDB. The first is by user Hugh-Flug-Dung. Whatever that means. <laughs> um, <and laughs> they, they gave it a 10 out of 10. So let's see what uh, they thought about this movie. Their tagline is, this movie changed my life. <laughs> this movie... <laughs> This movie really helped me find myself. Before I saw this movie, I wandered these streets, often knowing my life had no purpose. Until one fateful day, I found myself in Chuck E. Cheese on my usual drinking binge. 
when to my surprise, the robotic Chuck E. Cheese and gang started singing Happy Birthday, which sounds exactly like You're the Best, a song from The Karate Kid. After an 11-day drink binge, I saw a bright light, which many witnesses argue was a fire because of the bad wiring in the Chuck E. Cheese band pointing at the prize shelf. I took the remaining money I found on a passed-out man outside the Chuck E. Cheese and went to the whack-a-mole game that changed my life. I furiously pounded the moles while I was in the middle of the Chuck E. Cheese. The children screamed and cried as I fulfilled my destiny. If I could see those children again, I would hug them, for I would not have been able to win those two magical tickets. I went over to thank Chucky, which soon after I blacked out, passing out on the stage. I woke up a couple days later in my one-room apartment with the tape superglued. I'm so confused. <laughs> with tape superglued to my face. That they do that, say they do say the tape, which is I think, I think the tape of this movie, which <laughs> goes to show how old this movie is. Oh well, it was super glued to this man's face. In my excitement, I quickly tore it from my skin and shoved it into the VCR. Okay, it is like a tape tape. <laughs> um, the next hour and thirty six minutes, I got the special edition of my life would be the happiest any man could ask for. I was so blown away by the amazing special effects that I was overcome and called an ambulance to pick me up after the movie ended. Shaq plays a stunning and realistic role as a rapping genie. I often found myself dancing in my room to his <laughs> tunes while my neighbor was yelling hurtful words and threatening through the wall. <laughs> after a while, after a while though, I passed out on my floor. Sky passes out a lot. Awakening from another blackout. Okay, calling themselves out. <laughs> I caught glimpses of Shaq giving candy to all the children. I laughed. I cried. Could this movie be as brilliant as I realized? The ambulance pulled up and I told my paramedics to grab my belly. I was immediately teared. After a few weeks in intensive care, I returned to my house how I left it. Kazam has given me a new outlook on life. And hopefully, it will shape your views. Wow. I, that was a short story. That was my favorite review we have ever gotten here on Bad Movies Not over three seasons. Uh, thank you, user Hugh-Flung-Dung. That was the <laughs> most profound. He does seem to black out a lot, I think, three or four times during the course <laughs> of that review. Just that review, he blacked out. I may have blacked out reading that review. That was, I had like an out-of-body experience. That was something else, man. And I mean, he got it in one. He got the exact feeling of reading this movie in a single review. Of reading this movie? You know what I mean. <laughs> I, uh, I hate to move on to the next comment, because, wow, I don't know how anything could top that. <laughs> but the second review and last review we have from IMDb is by user Tokyo Street Killer whose tagline is, read my comment. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal delivers an Oscar-worthy performance in what might be the most powerful performance of the 90s. All around, it's brilliant. This is a gripping and amazing tale about a genie and his friendship with a lonely child. Acting is purely amazing, and the story is beautifully played out like poetry in motion. Honestly, 
This film goes down as one of the all-time greats. Top to bottom, this film is perfectly mastered. Every actor in this film comes through and nails the roles perfectly. 11 out of 10. Now imagine... <laughs> now imagine the exact opposite of that. Okay? Got it? Okay, the truth is, this movie isn't even that good, Shaq. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> a little call out for Shaquille O'Neal. A little call out. I'm glad that this person just, I mean, turned it on its head. They got us thinking one way and then they psyched us out at the end uh, to give us the real deal. Wow. These, um, I think these two reviewers may have been made for each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of kind of like the experience of watching the movie where you think it's going to be good and then it turns itself on its head and it's very bad, actually. <laughs> so we also have three letterboxed reviews. The first one is by Emily, who gave it a one and a half star rating out of five stars. Emily says, my boss put this on in the office and made us all watch it. So, yes, I do work in a hostile work environment. <laughs> Which, what kind of job, what job do you have where your boss puts on the hit movie Kazam starring Shaquille O'Neal? I, uh, I'm really curious about that. Um, report him to HR. <laughs> the second review is by Tay, who didn't give a star rating, but Tay says, Either the people who made this movie were on drugs, or I am presently on drugs. <laughs> And the last review by Jackson uh, gave this a four and a half out of five star rating. And Jackson says, only truly great films will end with Shaq turning into the Teletubby sun and burning down a building. Yep. <laughs> wow. And uh, those are our reviews for today. And now, now that we kind of know what the internet thinks... Let's go into our own reviews. And just for reference, again, IMDb gave this a 3 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 5%. Uh, that's a critic score. The audience score is 20%. So not very good overall. What are we thinking? Yeah, not very good overall, but I think I, at least, I'm going to go lower. I thought they were being harsh um, with that at first. Nope, they were being generous. If you're new to the podcast, we rate every movie that we watch on a scale of bad movies. So a 1 out of 10 is so bad I could barely finish it. And a 10 out of 10 is not necessarily a perfect movie, but it's one that's not that bad for a bad movie. Gonna have to go on the lower end of this scale. I think I'm gonna give it about a 1. <laughs> it's not real bad. Um, if I could have one wish for today, it would be that I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a one. I think I gave chairman of the board at least like a one and a half. So, Ooh. you know, this sucked ass. Ooh. Yeah, it's a one. That one is just for Shaq. Because I feel like he tried his best under the circumstances. Also, his video game sounds sick as hell and I want to play it. So that one is for Shaq and nobody else. Yes, agreed. Um, The one is for Shaq. Uh, that is all he gets his one wish and it's a one from each of us um, and no one else gets that point if any of you guys have unfortunately seen the movie Kazam and you have your own thoughts or you want to give your own reviews to us or if you have other fun movies I shouldn't say other fun movies if you have fun movies because this one wasn't one 
Uh, if you have fun movies to suggest to us, you can always hit us up on Twitter or Letterboxd. We're at BMS Podcast on both. Or you can send us an email at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com. And before we go, I just want to thank Kevin McLeod for providing our theme song. The song is Riptide, which you can find on his website, incompetech.filmmusic.io. Um, so thank you, Kevin McLeod. And thank you, everyone who's listening. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. We have been Bad Movie Sunday, and we will see you next, next week. <laughs>